figure out who do you need to be connecting with in order to help you achieve the goals that you have with LinkedIn. Do you need to be connecting with startup founders? Do you need to be connecting with sales development reps? Do you need to be connecting with VPs of marketing or corporate communications? You have access to these people. When you think about like Instagram or other social media platforms, you're literally just like spray and pray with your content, right? Just please, unless you're doing ads, you literally can go find these types of people just by a simple LinkedIn search and just go connect, 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 connect. And then you're building your audience of your ideal buyers. I actually had a friend of mine and he's a hypnotherapist and he's like crushes it on Instagram, crushes it. And he's like, help me with my LinkedIn. And so we we're having some conversation. He's like, I have 15,000 at the time. He had 15,000 followers. He's way more now. And I'm like, how many sales are you cutting? You know, he's like, ah, you know, it's kind of hit or miss, whatever. I just feel like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. We go and looked at his LinkedIn and he's like, I only have a hundred connections. I was like, well, let's step back. Who's your ideal client? He said, high level CEOs and founders. We looked at his audience of like a hundred people and it was all CEOs and founders. And I'm like, what's cool is like, let's say you build that to 500 or a thousand of only your ideal clients. Like you have a very captivated audience of like the purest, most ideal people in your network that you can now go create content for, foster relationships with, and just see what happens versus on, you know, other social platforms, which I'm not hating on. It's just, it's the game is like, you're just hoping that something sticks with somebody. Welcome to Check Your Aesthetic Podcast, the go-to podcast for self-starting creatives. I'm Katie Campbell, the owner of Katie Creative Co., a social media management agency located in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'm Alexis Aldrich, a Vermont-based content creator focused on promoting productivity that fits your unique lifestyle and growing my career in marketing and creative business strategy. On CYA, you will catch authentic conversations around entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, and the creative industry. If you're looking to grow your online following, boost your productivity, and connect with other ambitious female creatives, then you've come to the right place. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, Alexis. Hello, Alexis. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh my god, happy Valentine's Day. Will you be my Valentine? No. Okay, I'm, so guys, this is my announcement. I'm quitting the podcast, and it's been really nice to connect with you guys. I'm going to be starting a new podcast called Check My Aesthetic, and you guys can listen to me Check there. Check Katie's Aesthetic. Um, <laughs> Alexis will be continuing this trash podcast. So anyway, love you guys. Um, my Valentine is Rue. My Valentine is Rue. Can my Valentine be Winston then? Totally. Um, Wait, I, I'm going to be real while we're actively recording the podcast. How do we all feel about that? Alexis hates be real. Guys, smile for my be real. Should have done this with a guest. I look so scary in that. I don't care. Um, I hate be real. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'd love to unpack that. Why do you hate be real? I don't. I. You hate anything that's popular. Yes. I. I don't know. I think I just like have this. I think it's not even, like, because I made, like, a joke in an old episode that was, like, I am a pick-me girl. It really, truly is not that. I don't care about, like, other people. I don't want to have the perception of, like, she's not like other girls. It's not like that. It's literally, Katie said this, like, a year ago when it always stuck in my head, that, like, I am the type of person that doesn't want the new iPhone because I like to, like, Mm -hmm. test, I want, like, to hear people's reviews. I am like that with everything. Like, I... That's, like, a... In marketing, that's, like, a section. You know, they split it up into, like, early adopters. Yeah. Late adopters. Like, yeah. you're just the way end of that. Yes, exactly. And so, um... But I also think that I... 
on the like style and music sense of things, I'm very nostalgic. So like my mm-hmm. view is like it's already been done the best it can. Stop trying to make it better. So I feel that way kind of about like I feel like Be Real is just trying to like be the what really bothers me. Okay, what actually bothers me more is when I was like, gonna say like, it's interesting because now now LinkedIn. I mean now LinkedIn. Oh LinkedIn. <laughs> That's what this episode's about. But now Be Real is the OG because everybody's copying Be Real. Exactly. So that, like, that is what really bothers me is when, like, I think I would have gotten a Be Real until TikTok did the whole, like, now thing or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. ew, what? Um, yeah. And also, I don't know. I... Okay, so we're no, we're obviously recording this um, in December. I'm also unemployed, so like I don't really want people <laughs> to know what I'm doing in oh the day. God. I think that that is probably the true root of it. That's hilarious. Even when you are employed, though, like my be real every day is me sitting in one of two spots. Yeah. Sometimes I'm doing things, but like I don't know. I like it because I get to be nosy on other people's things. Um, yeah, I guess. And that. I think it's funny, and I just. I don't know. It's interesting to me that I've kept up with it, though, because when it first came out, I got it and I didn't use it for like months. But then once everybody it's only interesting if you have like fun friends on it, because like, right, right. Why would you post yours if like you have two friends and nobody's going to see it? So. Exactly. Anyway, um, that's not what this episode is about. Alexis, do you want to take it away and tell these guys, these guys, our listeners guys. about the best episode that they're about to listen to? The it, best it, episode of Check Your Aesthetic yet. It truly is. And I'm very sad to say that I had like probably one of the worst coughing fits of my freaking life <laughs> like she had to like in, exit the I had frame. to literally like she- leave I left the room to go get cough drops mm-hmm. I have them mm-hmm. right here um and then literally like five minutes later my stepdad went into surgery so I was like getting a million texts from my family group chat so he's fine by the way but that happened so very unfortunate because this was genuinely one of the episodes that I was like most excited for because LinkedIn is um a massive massive slay uh one time I told Alexis she needed to be on LinkedIn I wasn't and now she uses it like way more than me like she was like not on LinkedIn and I was like you need to get on it and then she kept texting me for like a week she was like I have I have 70 connections and now she's like like today I have like I have 90 connections today (laughs) and then now I have like three something 30 30 300 like six, I don't care whatever today's episode is with Lindsay Mitrosiles and she is a LinkedIn coach but she kind of specializes more in LinkedIn for business owners so making sure that they can get lead generation and um, like market through the platform and mm-hmm. I think that that is so interesting, especially because with SCAD, LinkedIn was a huge part of what we developed throughout my um, master's program. But we only yes. talked about more of the like, obviously, we only talked more about like the job part of it. And I think that it's super interesting to use that as a platform for your already existing business and not just something as you're trying to do in like your yes. corporate career. Yes. Um, yeah, and after this episode, after you listen, you're gonna. I'm not. It's, I'm not gonna have to convince you anymore. But you guys need to follow Lindsay. This she just had so much knowledge. You can tell she's so experienced in this and absolutely knows what she's talking about. And I personally, after we get off this recording, am probably gonna spend my entire afternoon <laughs> coming up with a LinkedIn strategy for my business because if you're a service provider like me, seriously, like it can be so helpful. And I just learned so much from her. And 
it was such an amazing episode. And not to mention, she was such a fun person. She looked just like Carrie Bradshaw. Um, she does. <laughs> so I didn't say that to anybody yet, but she does. Um, and she just was so fun. And um, you guys, if you're listening, connect with me and Alexis and Lindsay, which she'll tell you later on LinkedIn. Um, but I feel like we should just and let go everybody get podcast. into it. Oh, yeah, follow the podcast on LinkedIn, too. But I feel like we should let everybody get into it because this was just the one of the most valuable episodes yet. Please bring and out your notebook. Yeah, it was on something that I feel like a lot of us don't know anything about. So this is going to be one you're probably going to want to take notes for. So let's get into our conversation with Lindsay. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do for any of our listeners that are new to what you do? Sure. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. So I'm a LinkedIn agency coach. I'm sorry, a LinkedIn agency owner and a coach. So what that means is I really help people figure out how to navigate LinkedIn, mostly from a business perspective. So I do work with a lot of entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, but I also work with leaders in corporate companies who know that being on LinkedIn is really important for recruiting, retention, sales, Mm -hmm. and brand awareness. So that's really what I do. That's amazing. So I feel like a lot of people listening and probably when they saw the title of this are like, I know how to use LinkedIn. I've gotten a job off LinkedIn before. So I feel like we kind of, as a baseline, a lot of people know LinkedIn as like a career hunting and networking platform. You know, you connect with everybody you went to college with and then they post about their new job and you send them a congratulations message. But um, you know that there's so much more you can do on there and it can really be used well by business owners in just a lot of different ways. So what kind of businesses slash creators is LinkedIn for? Personally, I think almost any creator or almost any business owner. The only thing I would say is you just have to know your audience there, right? Like it's not Mm -hmm. TikTok, it's not Instagram. So for example, someone recently came to me and said, hey, I'd love for you to help me launch my business uh, on LinkedIn. So what's your business? It is she coaches hairstylists how to put hair extensions in. And I said, cool, your audience on LinkedIn is not going to be other hairstylists because most hairstylists Mm -hmm. are not hanging out on LinkedIn. So Mm -hmm. your audience there for what you're trying to sell isn't going to be there. But what you can do is you can sell your services of, you know, putting in hair extensions within your local market. So that's what I always tell people is like, it really can be for anyone. You just have to adjust your content and who you're talking to on the platform. Right. Definitely. So I think that I I like what you said, how it really is for anyone. It's just kind of like shifting kind of like the narrative or the voice that you use. Um, So let's say a listener is thinking, okay, you say it's for me, but why should I actually take the time Mm. to, you know, change the way that I'm speaking and my content, making new content? What is it in it? What's in it for them and what kind of results have you or your clients seen through utilizing LinkedIn in this way? Yeah, there's a few aspects to that question I think I could cover. So one is that to me, and I'm sure you guys have figured this out in life too, in so many cases, whether it's a job, an opportunity, a sale, something, right? It usually comes down to somebody that you know. It's not just about what you know, but it is certainly also about who you know. And because Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is one of those platforms that's all about networking and building connections, and right now in particular, like this snapshot in time, 
it truly is like real people making real relationships versus on like Instagram. It feels really hard to do that, right? It feels like you make a relationship. It really is about someone trying to just make a sale instantly, which we're trying to do that on LinkedIn too. Don't get me wrong. Like people are still doing business, but it just feels more genuine. So that's one reason. Be on LinkedIn just to start building a network of people who are more business minded. How it's helped me and my clients is I will tell you guys, I've had people come through Instagram to apply for my agency, which is, you know, agency work isn't cheap. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'll even have people, again, through Instagram, go through the whole application process. We get on a call. They're like, yes, 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 I want to do it. And it never happens. Never happens. They usually, it's like too big of a price point or ticket for them to move forward on. There's other products I have that they'll do, but the agency Mm -hmm. stuff doesn't come through. On LinkedIn, Anytime I have a conversation with someone who is a serious buyer, they're like, hey, I need your help with this or hey, I'd like to talk more about your agency, whatever it might be. They always come through. And I hate being that like definitive, like Instagram never, LinkedIn always. But Mm -hmm. in my experience, that's just how it's been. So even if Mm -hmm. the same person is on Instagram and they come over to LinkedIn, I swear it's like their mindset is so much more different and business oriented than when they're on Instagram. I don't know what the deal is. But that's what I tell people is like, if you're trying to network and build relationships with like quality business relationships, relationships that can help you get to where you want to be. Maybe again, it's not always just about making a sale, but maybe it's just knowing the right people in the right places, Mm -hmm. or you want to talk to qualified leads, serious buyers. That is those two reasons alone are the reasons you should be on LinkedIn. Hands down. Definitely. That's so interesting. And it has just in one sentence, you've convinced me that I need to be on LinkedIn more. Um, But I think that absolutely makes sense because I think more than the differences between, you know, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, like the LinkedIn is kind of in its own category, which is why I think a lot of people listening to this right now are probably feel like they're, you know, there's a lot to learn here Mm -hmm. because a lot of us aren't familiar with using it um, even at all. But especially in that way, I think for me, it's always been, you know, updating what my job is and getting like two congratulations messages, like I said. So um, I am interested in knowing the lesser known ways to use LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So not job hunting, not, you know, posting that you got a new job, kind of how do you and your clients use LinkedIn? Sure. So it depends on the person. Um, so if we're talking to like a business, if it's a business owner, solopreneur, entrepreneur, business owner, it's really like, first we identify and I would ask, you know, your listeners, the same thing is like, what are the goals that you have before you just jump on a platform? Like, why are you here? And that's for Mm -hmm. any platform, right? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Like if you're spending time on a platform and you're creating content, like, why are you doing it? So why are you showing up? So that's one question I always ask our clients is like, what's the goal here? So for most entrepreneurs, it's to make leads and, you know, close more sales or find more leads, close more sales. So how we would do that is we really start to build out your content. LinkedIn is becoming a creator platform. They have invested so much time, so many resources, so much money, LinkedIn as a company into making this platform for creators. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's like a whole nother thing. But So it's about posting content, creating content that really speaks to an ideal audience. It's about building connections and making Mm -hmm. strategic relationships and and building those right partnerships. Um, And then the other thing is engaging with people. So like when you're doing Mm -hmm. these three things, sales, leads, all those things will start to happen. Um, If you are, you know, let's say you're like the CEO or like VP of sales type person, 
another thing to do on LinkedIn is to actually encourage your people to be on LinkedIn. Why mm -hmm. that matters is that when your team members are active on LinkedIn, and of course, like there's a lot of like internal self-reflection that has to, has to happen with a VP or a CEO or whatever at, at these big corporate companies is like when you have happy employees, don't you want mm -hmm. other people to know that you have happy employees? And when you have mm -hmm. employees that are thriving, they love the culture, like they love their boss, like that is such good branding for your company when it comes to recruitment, retention. Yeah. Like you want your people on LinkedIn. Now there's companies that don't want their people on LinkedIn because they're afraid that their people are going to get poached or who knows what they're going to say. And like, I always say, uh, if you're worried your people are going to get poached because now they're all of a sudden active on LinkedIn, that's not why they're getting poached. <laughs> you know, exactly. Like yeah. there's other things going on. One of the best uh, CEOs that I tell people about all the time who does this really well, she encourages her people. She actually asks her employees, please post on LinkedIn like at least three times a week. They have over a million followers on their LinkedIn company page. That's wow. like unheard of. Okay. This is the CEO of a mm -hmm. company called Jobbot. Her name is Heidi Golage. Go mm -hmm. check her out. Go follow her. She's a great example of like how to be on LinkedIn from a personal branding perspective. I hate the term branding, but like personal presence perspective, how she encourages her employees to talk about the company, their company page, like what they do right. Um, they just do an awesome job. So that's like another reason why if somebody, you know, in your listener base is an executive, they work at a company, they manage people, like if you're a right. good manager or you care about like your recruiting pipeline, you need more candidates coming into 2023 for job openings you're going to have, like get your people active on LinkedIn, help yeah. them build yeah. a brand because it's going to make a huge difference for you down the road. It seems like LinkedIn to me is you can do more or attract more on one platform than you can on, you know, Instagram, Facebook, things like that, because you're not really attracting, you know, both sales and potential employees and, you know, network connections. You are, but it's kind of in a different way. Those are places people go for entertainment. There have been a ton of studies recently that say that, you know, we already knew this, but people are using social media for entertainment, right. um, you know, as well as connection and other things. But LinkedIn... Maybe some people, but I would say most people are not going there for entertainment. Um, that's not the primary goal. So it's kind of more action oriented. But, you know, with the actions that you're taking, you're getting kind of diversified results. You're making your company look good to prospective clients, also prospective employees and things like that. So I feel like that's a um, big consideration with taking that step to be on LinkedIn. Yeah. One of the things I remember in my corporate job when I was in staffing for almost 10 years is I started to like ask our clients like, hey, what's a big like factor for why you use us? And one of the things that they cared about was how we treated our candidates. You know, a company is going to want to do business with another company because of how they're doing internally. Like if they're not doing well, like their culture sucks, their people are unhappy, like another business yeah. is not going to want to do business with that company. And so when exactly. you have your people out, they're talking about how awesome the culture is. Like there's more than just recruiting and retention. There's sales that come, you know, business deals yes. that come. And like, I mean, in a world where it feels like we're always being sold to, right? Like however you can differentiate yourself more and more, that's going to help you close more business deals. 100%. Definitely. Yeah. So I'd love to talk more about how you can kind of differentiate yourself, um, even like as like a service provider, a small business owner, creator, mm -hmm. whatever. We've talked a little bit about 
posting um, and like showing up. But I want to talk about the actual profile. So whether mm-hmm. that's like a business page in it of itself or it's if, if it's an individual, how can our listeners like optimize that? Um, space through LinkedIn. Sure. So certainly always, it will always come down to your personal profile over a company page, though company Mm. pages are getting a lot more traction, which is cool to see, but Mm -hmm. it will always come down to the personal profile. And because we know that people want to connect with a person before they want to connect with a company or a brand. So I always say there's six key things uh, that you want to touch on or that you want to optimize when you're doing your LinkedIn profile. One is your, your profile photo. What I tell people is, first of all, make sure that thing is updated because most Mm -hmm. times people don't start their profile until they're getting out of college. It's some like picture from then. And then Mm -hmm. five, seven years down the road, they look totally different. And so you Mm -hmm. don't want to know catfishing on LinkedIn basically is what I say. (laughs) So uh, update that profile photo every six to 12 months. Likely, if you're active on other platforms, make the same photo uh, as you have on other social platforms. So if your Mm -hmm. Instagram photo is one, make just use that same photo on your LinkedIn. I will say when it comes to that too, you don't want it super zoomed out. Like it needs to be very clear that it's you. A confused mind Mm -hmm. takes no action. So if someone is like seeing you on Instagram and then they want to come find you on LinkedIn and they're like, I guess this is her. Like, is that the right right person? Yes. No question. It absolutely like, yes, this is Katie. Done. Mm -hmm. So update that profile photo. The next thing is your background banner photo. That's the thing that like that photo picture behind your photo Um, and I always call that a billboard for your business or for whatever it is you're trying to do on LinkedIn so you can change that out as often as you'd like if you've got a marketing campaign for your business you're selling something you've got a freebie you want people to go to your newsletter you're trying to find a job create something in Canva that speaks to like that goal Mm -hmm. the third thing is your headline this is search engine optimized this is a search engine optimized section of your headline or of your profile. So most people will put like, you know, sales development rep at Google. No, we want to put like keywords that would help someone find someone like you. So if you're a business owner, it's like, what are the things that you do? You mentioned service providers, right? So what type of service do you provide? Are you a ClickUp optim- like operations specialist? Do you, um, you know, support, do you, Are you a project manager or do you know project Mm -hmm. management? You know, like that's what you want to fill in your headline. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is your about section. This is really like a sales page for your services or what you provide or Mm -hmm. what you do. Optimize that space. Most people use that as like a cover page for their resume. Then your experience section, which is the fifth part. That's really where you want to talk about. It's like you give yourself credit for why you are the person that someone should hire you for. Like if you're a service provider Mm -hmm. and you're a ClickUp specialist, right? Mm-hmm. And you were a project manager back in the day, or you was you were a sales rep, or you were just something. Like, build the credibility in your previous experience, and so that it helps people understand. Like, oh yeah, I should totally hire you for this thing because you have the experience. Actually, right. I'll take this second to say I see plenty of people who are like, "Hey, I'm a LinkedIn person, and you know, let's connect." And I'm like, "Awesome, great." And I go look at their profile, and like a year ago, they were a financial analyst at Wells Fargo and now they've like started a business at like helping people with leads and sales on LinkedIn and I'm like interesting like what experience do you have doing this before that would make someone want to buy from you right yeah right and so like if you do have the experience that's awesome but you want to make sure it's really clear in your background so that people know like okay yeah you're a credible person and then the last thing is recommendations that's the sixth thing build out your recommendations 
And I would say if you've got a special, okay, service provider, if you have other clients who are like, yes, you're so amazing. Mm. We love what you do. Make sure that you get those people to leave you a recommendation on your LinkedIn profile. It's basically like your website or sales page for what you do all in one LinkedIn profile. Yes. I love that. And I think what's really unique about LinkedIn, especially as an entrepreneur, is that you're not going to go on your Instagram and be like, hey, I've been owning my business for like three years. But before that, I did all this other stuff you don't care about. Right. Um, But on LinkedIn, they do care about that. And, you know, it's it's supposed to be there. So I feel like putting that relevant experience um, to build that up and, you know, make not make yourself look credible, but show how credible you are um, is a really unique thing that you can do on LinkedIn. So, okay. I was just going to say, yeah, especially in the world that we live in where like all of a sudden everybody becomes an expert in something. Totally. And yes. they have like no experience, right? Or they've just taken mm-hmm. a course on it or they've done it one time. Um, and not that they can't, but uh, yeah, you know, so many people, especially like in how they buy. So I actually learned this recently. I'll share this with you guys. So um, there are certain uh, buyer signs or like how people buy based on generations. So like the boomer mm-hmm. generation, like they want to see that you've done this before they buy from you. Like they want to know what your personal success with this is before they buy from you. Uh, Gen Xers are, they want to know what other people say. Like who else have you helped do this? Like what's been the success rate from other people? Millennials are typically like a, I'll buy and then they have buyer's remorse. So you mm-hmm. really have to like help build up your value like as you go throughout um, your engagement with them. And then I forget, right. I forget what would be, actually, I don't even know if they've done the study on any generation. For Gen like, Z. Yeah, for Gen Z. I don't know. Do you guys know anything about that? Let's take a break to talk about this week's amazing sponsor, Dev Candle Co. So Dev Candle Co. is a Los Angeles-based company that specializes in clean, sustainable concrete candles. They are handcrafted with amazing quality ingredients. They have 100% non-GMO soy wax. And I have a story for you guys that is going to convince you that you need this candle. So I have been sick. And the other day, my mom was stopping by my house to drop me off some dinner. And because I was sick, she didn't want to come in the door. So she, you know, cracked my door, left the food outside and um, left. And I live in a garage apartment. So my mom when she left, called me and she was like, did you spill perfume outside? Like, do you have something going on outside? Do you have a scent device outside? (laughs) And I was like, no, I have a candle burning inside. And she was like, okay, I need to do some digging. So she calls the woman who lives downstairs. She's trying to figure out what this scent is. And to make a long story short, it was my candle burning inside that had radiated outside so much. She loved Mm -hmm. the scent so much. She asked me what it was and she was so obsessed. She would not stop talking about it. And if that doesn't tell you how amazing these candles are, I don't know what will. I have mine burning right now. My favorite is Soiree. It is the most delectable scent and it is a strong scent, but it's not a toxic candle. I feel like it's really rare to find non-toxic clean candles that still have a really strong scent and Dev has just done it so well. Yes, your mom was fiending for the for the candle. Um, yeah, so I am obsessed with Dev Candle Co. We love candles here at the Check Your Aesthetic podcast, but I genuinely, I mean this wholeheartedly, Dev Candle Co. is like an elevated experience when you are opening them. The packaging is just amazing, um, both in like the the shipping packaging, but also just like the, the product itself. Um, and I love that it kind of fits with any 
style decor and like aesthetic that you're going for. It's not, sometimes with candles, it's only gonna fit like a certain style with this. It really will fit into any room and add just like a elevated aesthetic, as I said. My favorite by far is Northeast, of course. You guys know, Vermont girly. And I can attest as a natural born Vermonter, it really does smell like the Northeast. It's very nostalgic for me and homey. I love it so much and I can also back up Katie's claim that it really will fill a house. It will fill a room um, and not in like an overwhelming, like not sticky, you know, it's not sticky, but you know that, mm -hmm. you know that like when you walk in, yeah, you're like, oh, like it's not like that at all. It's very natural. Um, and I think that part of that is because they are non-toxic, like you said, and they have no additives or preservatives or dyes, and the packaging is completely biodegradable. Um, so yeah, we will stay standing and supporting Dev Candle Co. forever. We're so happy that we got to work with them, and we very much, we beg please go support them as well because we are obsessed. Absolutely. So if you're looking for a gift for a birthday, for an anniversary, really for anything, this is an amazing gift. It really is an elevated candle experience. And if you want to place your order with Dove Candle Co., you can use code CYA for 20% off of any order. Like we said, our favorites are Northeast and Soiree, but there are so many amazing candles. They have seasonal collections. They have so many options. So definitely go shop their site and use code CYA20 for 20% off of any order. Dove is also spelled d-e-h-v that is dev candle co code c-y-a 20 for 20 percent off your order if you've seen our instagram stories recently <laughs> you already know the sponsor that we are about to talk about better days co is our new obsession our new favorite brand and our new girlies that we just we absolutely and love our new hyperfixation. katie and i can sometimes become people that we get hyper fixated on one thing and that becomes our new personality. And this is by far our new personality. We are green girls. We are green juice, exactly. I guess, girls. Um, we are healthy. We are slaying, honestly, slaying 2023. Exactly. And as far as hyperfixations go, this is a great one. So if you're wondering what Better Days Co. is, they are premium supplements that taste great and focus on simplicity, convenience, and affordability. So we have tried specifically the Better Greens. They have caffeinated and non-caffeinated options. And what these are is little packets of greens that I think two packets equals your daily serving of vegetables. Yes. And there's so many amazing ingredients in there. You can have the caffeinated ones in the morning. You can have the non-caffeinated ones any time of the day. And they seriously taste amazing. I actually got a DM from somebody. I've been sharing them on my Instagram story. And she said, I've been wanting to implement greens into my diet, but they all taste like garbage. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. you, this tastes like a delicious treat. Yes. This Alexis was talking about using this as like a sugar replacement mm -hmm. in her, like, you know, when you need a sweet treat after dinner, yes. you have a sweet treat, but it's in the form of vegetables. How amazing yes. does that sound? And they also have, it's not just a company for greens. They also have better sleep. If you have trouble sleeping, uh, they have better hormones, especially if you are having your time of the month. This is a great mm -hmm. option to kind of like regulate things, especially with PMS. Um, they have better collagen, which is, I 
literally have on the way right now, uh, which also has protein in it, so it's great to put in your smoothies. And uh, also they have Better Glow, which is mostly for um, skin, but I have fully committed that I am now a Better Days girl, so has Katie, and we are also officially marking Check Your Aesthetic as a Better Days podcast. Yes, and in 2023, this is going to be one of the habits that I am, it already has become a habit, but yeah. I'm going to continue and take on, and I think that it's it tastes delicious. Their packaging is super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, all Literally, all you have to do is pour the packet into some water. And I use my little electric mixer that I use to like froth my coffee mm-hmm. to mix it in. And you guys know, if I have replaced my coffee with something, it is seriously yeah, good. Yeah. I have a <laughs> coffee obsession. And Better Days Co. has taken over most of my mornings now. So that is saying a lot. So if you're listening to this and you're like... Dang, girls, y'all got me convinced. You can use our code for money off, so you are in luck. You can use code CYA for 10% off of your Better Days Co. order. I would recommend placing an order of every single item in their shop. Um, (laughs) I have some better hormones on the way, so I will report back to you guys and let you know how I like my better hormones. But as of right now, I can tell you better greens with and without caffeine. Chef's kiss. Yes. They also have uh, subscriptions. If you get hooked, just like Katie and I, you will get them every month or you can even get it every two weeks. And Absolutely. that code for 10% off, which is capital CYA, also applies to any subscriptions, which is already at a discounted rate because it is more of a bulk deal. And if you're shopping right now on the website and you need some recommendations for flavors, Raspberry Limeade is my absolute favorite. I did order myself Peach Limeade to try out, but they also have a new fruity cereal flavor. There's options for really whatever you like, whatever your taste is, they have an option. So head to Better Days Co. and use code CYA for 10 off. I've I've looked into that for clients before I'm a social media manager um, and I've looked into the ways that people buy because that affects obviously the way that you're like selling to them right. um, and I do think that's really interesting because I I agree with you and I think something people try not to talk about a lot and get a little like nervous to talk about but the literal pandemic of people taking one Instagram course and saying they're a social media manager. And so a lot of the things that I speak to on my website and things is like, I I have a master's degree in this. You're not going to find a lot of people with a master's degree in this. Um, and I've, you know, I've been doing this for years before I started my business. And I've been doing this unofficially since I was, you know, in college, I was the, where I started was running my sororities Instagram, yeah. um, which not saying that that's really real experience. That's just where I figured out that I was good at yeah, it. Yeah, but, but you started, um, you know. Exactly. But, you know, I worked agency for a little bit. I had multiple internships. And, you know, I think that especially with social media, there's a lot of people who, um, in the, you know, there's no shame in wanting to start a business. But I think that you do kind of need to get some of that experience under your belt mm-hmm. to make sure that you um, – and. A previous guest we've had on has talked about, you know, just because you're able to get results for yourself doesn't mean you're able to get results for other people. And so I think it's, you know, showing that you can do, you know, you can get results for other people is really where you set yourself apart. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I think that that's something that people try not to talk about. It's something that I try not to talk about, too, because it just, you know, there's it's a touchy thing and there's going to be people who disagree. But I personally do agree with um with the fact that that's it's been a thing recently alexis i don't know if you have any thoughts no i don't <laughs> <laughs> no i don't I have no thoughts no think <laughs> well what's interesting too you know as you're a social media manager because it's essentially what i do too but it's all for linkedin yeah. is like yeah 
you know, we really focus on audience growth and we know that, and as you do too, like growing your audience, there's so much that can come from it, but it's a long game. And so, you know, part of like LinkedIn, you certainly can like show like, hey, we've got an open rate, uh, response rate and like sending messages and stuff like that. But Mm -hmm. that's one of the hardest things about running like a social media agency is like proving to clients like, you know, 50% of marketing works wherever your content is or wherever someone's putting out, you know, content. And it's so hard to say, like, Absolutely. because of this one particular LinkedIn post, someone yes. came and booked you right. for a speaking gig or bought your book or bought your service. Yes. It's usually, as you know, someone has to see something seven to nine times yeah. before they, like, actually hear the thing that you mm-hmm. said. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, I was I was actually sharing analytics on my story this morning. Mm-hmm. But anytime I'm sharing analytics or talking to people in, like, a discovery call and talking about, like, results and things like that, I'm like... I can't promise you anything. Like I cannot promise, you know, if, if you somebody did, it would be gets a you, lie. like right, exactly. If somebody gets you on a discovery call and tells you that they're going to grow you by this much, this much, this much in this amount of time, they're lying. Right. You can't control that unless you're buying it. Right, you can't control it, and that's something I think a lot of people stray away from saying, but it's so true. But what I can promise you is that I will develop a strategy and that we'll look at analytics and alter based on you know what is performing well and do I see growth. Most of the time with clients, you know, most most months, you know, the idea obviously is that every month is better than the last. Right. I would say 99% of the time, yes, I do. But I'm not going to promise you that because what if that's not the case? What if Instagram does the big bot delete and then, you know, you lose 800 followers Literally. in a day like a bunch of people did like a couple months ago? Yeah. Um, but I do think, I think knowing that is a, a big um thing as an agency owner and obviously something that's scary to tell people because I think a lot of people come and I'm sure you experience this too kind of come with come to you hoping for a quick fix like this is going to fix my business you know yes and you're like I've had plenty of business owners who are like okay like I need more leads coming into like the yes. month right. of January February and I'm like okay, if that's what you happen need, like, I'm not your person because <laughs> right. I can't to your point Katie like I can't promise you that and honestly like yes. kudos to you for saying that to your clients because I think more people actually appreciate someone being super honest and transparent like yes. I can't like I can't guarantee anything truly I can't yeah right? well yeah and like what I can guarantee is that you're gonna have more cohesive branding mm-hmm. you're gonna have a you know a more consistent um you know presence on social media and there's so many benefits to that that I think people don't realize other than just sales like it's credibility in your community it's you know having people consider you versus the next person right um, even if it doesn't lead to a sale they're still considering you anyway that was a big tangent but that's <laughs> so, I feel like I could talk about that forever yeah. um because it's something I feel like people like I said all of that stuff is something people are so scared to talk about which I completely understand I used to be scared to talk about it too mm-hmm. but anyway okay where was I going where was I going okay so let's talk a little bit about voice so we know that TikTok has its own kind of voice which is like trendy and fun Instagram has its own voice you know you're you're talking kind of its own language sort of um and obviously LinkedIn does as well so how in your opinion should business owners and creators kind of alter their copy and message when it comes to sharing content on LinkedIn because I feel like automatically the inclination would be be super formal and professional but what's your kind of your take on that such a good question and I'm glad we're talking about this because so many times I've talked to people who are like I don't know what to do on LinkedIn like I don't know how to talk. I don't I don't even want to be on the platform because I don't want to alter like who I am. And what right. I, would, I would say to those people is like, do you follow Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary does not change yeah. like who he is, although he did recently come out and say like, you know, I stopped kind of swearing on the platform because my audience there just like it, they weren't having it. And he was missing yeah. out like 
he realized like he's missing the impact he could have on the audience. So he's just bleeping out like in his videos he posts, he just bleeps any bad words. But he's not changing right. who he is. He's not, you know, resharing or repurposing content for the platform. But I would say the voice more because we do have like a super big creator in our agency who's just massive, massive on YouTube. Um, when he when we started working together, I was like, well, what's your goal? Like, why do you want to reach a more business focused audience on LinkedIn? Like, you don't need LinkedIn. And he's like, I want more speaking gigs. I want to do more corporate speaking roles. Yeah. So we started to shift the content there more so around like, how do you lead a team? Like he's, he started as a solo creator and now he has like a production company. He has a team of like 30 people. So it's like, we changed the content to talk about the things that he knows is from like a business perspective that then he can go share and talk to other people who want to know those insights. So that's what I always yeah. tell people is like, again, start with the goal in mind. Like, what do you want to do here? And if it's that you want more mm-hmm. speaking gigs or you want to, you know, funnel people to your book or you want to just, you just want audience growth. That's what will shift like how you talk about or what you create for the platform. So if you just want to do like audience yeah. growth, just talk about like the things like you, you know, this as a social media person. It's like, what are the core pillars within someone's brand that they talk about mm-hmm. over and over and over again? Yeah. And that's all they need to worry about. Like just talk about those exactly. things. Yeah. And it, I like how you're saying like, it should still sound like you. It doesn't need to sound like furthermore, you, you know, like it totally. doesn't need to be that way. And I think like, if you think about yourself as somebody who's scrolling LinkedIn, so many of us have to be business man or woman for so much of the day. At the end of the day, LinkedIn still is a social media platform. Totally. So it doesn't, you know, people don't want it to sound like a business email. Um, I feel like some of my, yeah, some of my favorite posts on LinkedIn, they're, you know, they're industry knowledge and they're industry based, but the actual tone and the actual words used aren't like. Very conversational. Yeah, exactly. So I love that. And I feel like that kind of breaks down a lot of barriers that people might have to getting on LinkedIn where they're like, I am not a professional writer. I don't think you need to be. No, you absolutely don't. Actually, one of my, our dear friends, we actually met him and I say we, my husband and I met him Mm -hmm. through LinkedIn. Okay. And now he's like a family friend. Like we've visited him. I've actually met up with him in New York. Like so -hmm. many cool things have come from just this one relationship. He started, he's on his like 1007th day in a row of posting content okay so on his 1000th yeah. day we him and I did a LinkedIn live and I just talked with him about you know like what's come from him doing this and like he's like I'm just your normal dude like I just wake up and I create a post on LinkedIn he has gone from yeah. zero to 60,000 followers on the platform wow. organically he's gotten job offers he's increased his salary significantly over the last three years just because of his brand he's built on LinkedIn. He's gotten like mm-hmm. really awesome free product from comp like right you think like oh if you want to be on Instagram as an influencer with like products like hello go to LinkedIn the directors of marketing for all these companies hang out on LinkedIn. You know so like yes. he's got like a super dope like standing desk for free. Those are like $1,500. Yeah. Like things like this yeah. can happen for someone who is just consistently post. And his posts are nothing like, oh, wow, so profound. Like some of them mm-hmm. are really great insights, right? But most, his yeah. best performing post was a text from his wife about like, I was going right. to say, yeah, I feel like a lot of times it's so much easier because it's, first of all, it doesn't have to be this well-designed Canva, like, oh, it's got the swipes and it's got the sound and it's the real and it's the video. Like it, some of my favorite LinkedIn posts are people being like, hot take, this and this about social media. 
yeah. talk about it in the comments. The comments on LinkedIn, they're also popping, which brings me to the next question okay, about the engagement sharing balance on LinkedIn. So obviously people, a lot of social media managers have a lot of hot takes about all kinds of platforms you should be engaging right before you post. You should be engaging this amount of time a day. Anyway, what is your opinion on how business owners and creators should be making the most out of their time on the platform um, in terms of, say, they have an hour a day they want to spend on LinkedIn? Should they be creating a bunch of posts? Should they be creating one post and engaging? What would be your kind of ideal? Creating one post and engaging. So LinkedIn favors people who are creating conversation. They're they're commenting. So many times, and you'll see this a lot as you get into like the depths of LinkedIn and people who are like really active. It's funny because like there's a lot of people who will tell you on LinkedIn, they'll make posts that like their life has changed because they've been posting on LinkedIn so consistently, which is incredible. Um, But then they'll also call people out and be like, if you want this type of change too, here's my advice. It's to engage. It is to Mm -hmm. jump on other people's posts, leave a thoughtful comment. Don't just like. You know, just actually make some conversation. And the algorithm actually favors that too. So really your goal is if you're going to post one time a day, which is great, you stick around for another 10 to 15 minutes. And well, within the hour of you posting your post, you should be engaging back with people who are engaging on your post. In the meantime, while you're waiting for those comments to come in, go off and engage on other people's posts. Most people are posting in the morning. You know, I, I always say like about 20 minutes, you're good. You don't even need an hour. Right. Yeah. But no, that's definitely smart. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also feel like people are way more likely on LinkedIn to like, if they see a insightful comment that you've made, click on you and connect with you than they are necessarily on an Instagram follow or something. I feel like because you're, you're really sharing knowledge, showing you can show you can show your expertise in the comment section of somebody else's post. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to ask this question and it kind of has like a little bit of a a tangent i get genuinely i would say probably like minimum three times a week a cold message on linkedin from a service provider and sometimes they make sense and sometimes i am like literally what could you do for the podcast this makes no sense that you're messaging (laughs) me right now like sometimes it's like transcripts for the podcast that totally makes sense marketing for the podcast totally makes sense but sometimes it's like what are you what are you even talking about and like I I it's so obvious that you just sent this to like a hundred people that you found Mm -hmm. on a list Mm -hmm. so I was wondering how service providers could get leads that actually make sense for their business there's a few different approaches one and I think we probably agree in this bucket together is like organic right like creating relationships fostering relationships having conversations and kind of having that slow build and that is from optimizing your profile creating content on a daily or weekly basis and then going off and creating connections that are strategic okay and what I mean by that is like if you're a service provider and you know that you again we'll just keep going with the click up trend okay so if you're a click up optimizer service provider setup person And you know Mm -hmm. that you target startups, like you target companies with 10 to 50 employees. They are uh, tech startups, so you can figure that out. And they're all located in the Bay Area. Like that's where you really want to concentrate. You can do all of that by a couple like LinkedIn searches and Mm -hmm. for free have access to all of these startup founders within this criteria and just connect with them. 
then what you're doing is you're creating content for these people right. and organically things should come. Okay. That's, that's a very like hands-off, warm, slow drip approach. Mm-hmm. The other is like what you're talking about where you can get very like, I'm going to blast a hundred messages a day. Right. Um, we're going to see what sticks. You know, you have access to people's email addresses, which I just learned this recently that anywhere that you sign up on a social media platform with an email is public information. Anyone mm-hmm. can take mm-hmm. that information. Apparently I was, cause I asked somebody, I was like, how do you, how are you not breaking GDPR rules by mm-hmm. emailing people? And she was like, that's how, um, and that's mm-hmm. really the other, the other way the, you know, so it's, it's only those two things I would say. It's either you're building your audience, you're doing a warm, slow drip, steady feed of just like building awareness to your brand and making strategic connections, or you're doing that same search, but you're like cold messaging people nonstop. Right. That that does work for some people, right? At, at the end of the day, that game is a numbers game. So they're like, okay, we're going to send out 500 messages a week what we've seen in our numbers is that at least five people will, you know, respond and two people will actually sign. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on if you have, like, you're going to get ignored a lot, but if you have time and that's what you, how you want to spend it, then, you know. And there are, there actually are platforms. I had a call with someone last week. Um, she, and it's funny because I was like, she asked me, Hey, do you do reaching like reach outs for your agency clients? And I was like, no, but is that something that you're interested in? And she said, yes. And I was like, okay, let's talk about it. Cause I'm like, maybe I can tell her like the organic way is probably better for you. Better. Yeah. Turns out this is what she does for other agency owners. Mm. And like, I was blown away because she's like, this is the process that I took you through. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what she did with me is what she does with other people to get them on a call. Yeah. And it actually works really well. Because I was looking at her message. I was like, you didn't say anything like spammy. You were like, hey, how are you? And I was like, right. Good. You know, and that, that's yeah. another thing that I think most people who are active on the platform are actually more open to having conversations with people or like a 15 minute coffee or whatever mm-hmm. versus on Instagram. It just always feels so transactional. So, yes, agreed. I don't know. So I would say like it, uh, each approach is not good or bad. They just are. And so it depends on mm-hmm. like what your approach is. Like how quickly do you need to find more leads and, you know, right. generate or rev up more business? Like, do you have the resources you can allocate to have someone do stuff like that? Which again, right. she has a platform that she uses and it's, I think it's called like LinkedIn lead gen. And you can just like set up automations. Like it's really cool. So mm-hmm. if that's a route someone wants to go, cool. If you don't and you want to do it, you know, organically and, and do that route, cool. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I have a a one-off kind of question that I probably should have asked you earlier. So when we're talking about posting on LinkedIn, so for me, I'm a social media manager. I have a page for my business and I have my own page. Mm -hmm. Should I be posting these things as myself or should I be posting them onto my business page? Great question. So your posts on your personal page are absolutely like, here's what I do, blah, blah, blah. Here are my thoughts. Your company page could be like, here's what, like, here's a client win. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Here's like the new services we're offering. We have two more spots open in the month of January. You know, like okay. more that yeah. holistic business. So and you can okay. yes, they're both helpful, just different. Okay, right. And you can always feature your personal posts on your company page as like, a, and then like reshare it. Like check out what our CEO and founder said today about you know social media stats and mm-hmm. Instagram mm-hmm. bots. Yeah, right. yeah, right. 
So like for the podcast, like if if we share something on the podcast page, Katie and I could then share that to our own personal pages. You could do that too. Yeah. And be like, hey, check out like the most recent, you know, podcast episode we had so and so on. And right. And you can always, one thing you can always do is like one of my biggest takeaways from this episode was blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Like your own personal thought. Mm, I like that. I like that. Instead of just being like, "Mm, sure. Um, Yeah, totally. So we've talked all about like service providers, creators, whoever are going to make their own personal pages, business pages. I want to talk about if, I mean, I guess this could also just be for a small business, but I want to talk about if someone is looking to hire someone. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you make that business look attractive for those potential hires? Since most of the time you're thinking about like yourself, mm-hmm. what about that that business page? So I always go back to, you know, the content that this one particular CEO, Heidi, has then mm-hmm. built yeah. within her company page, which is the company's called JobBot. And they do company retreat features, um, job mm-hmm. openings. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll feature like other employees in their posts. So mm-hmm. for you, if you're like a small business, I think it's, are you talking about someone who has like a team already or they're like a solo person? Yes. yes. They already have a someone team. Someone with a team. Yeah. You want to talk about like uh, client wins, how you're, you know, mm-hmm. helping clients. Maybe if you do anything in the community, I think one thing mm, this has been good. very clear over the last two years is like people want to buy from a company that's doing well in the world especially women. Female consumers want to feel good about their purchase if they know that them purchasing or, you know, signing up with your agency, like 1% of like all proceeds or all your revenue goes to like helping the sea turtles. You know what I mean? Like people want that. So if that is part of your company values, like put that on your LinkedIn company page. You're basically just like talking about the business holistically on the LinkedIn company page. Yeah. But I would but I also would encourage people like if you are trying to hire small business, you know, Fortune you know, 100 company, right. how this actually works in your favor and you can build a really solid candidate pipeline is when mm-hmm. your employees are talking on LinkedIn. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, like yeah. yeah. One of the things a lot of companies do too and that they've learned is like, hey, if you refer an uh a recruit or like a hi- someone we could hire will give you a $5,000 bonus or $500, whatever the bonus mm-hmm. is. Yes. Because people know the power of that personal like referral. And, you know, if I know that like, oh, joining Katie's agency is like, you know, her employees love it. They do all these cool things. And like, I knew someone within your agency. Mm-hmm. It's such an easier hire than it is to like go out and cold hire somebody. Right. Yeah. And I think it also goes the other way. Like if somebody reaches out to your, you know, employee on LinkedIn and they're like, How how's your experience working here? And they're like, Oh, it's bad. That's <laughs> yeah. an automatic like they're automatically like automatically gonna not consider you. So I think that's a really good point that it does like we talked about earlier, it goes back to like your company culture, mm-hmm. which is important too. Uh, that's how all social media is. If you're <laughs> this is just a blanket statement, if your company's shit, nobody can market you yeah. to be good. Right. That literally goes for everything. Like I love that. If your products suck nobody is going to buy them. I cannot make them buy them because you have a good social media presence. It's lying and it's getting, it's not going to work. Okay. There's a great example of what you're, what you're saying. Do you remember the, uh, the suitcases? I think they were called away. They went viral, right? For like a few years, like just like not that long ago. It's like every influencer on Instagram 
had these suitcases. They were constantly talking about them. And then it came out that their CEO was like horrible, like mm-hmm. not a good person. She was sending horrible Slack messages. Like it just mm-hmm. like blew up. She ended up having to like step down. I don't yes. see these suitcases anywhere anymore. I know people will throw their things yeah. away. Like people care. People will literally throw their items away. It's like that Balenciaga thing that just happened, which I don't want to get into the actual details of that because it gets a little complicated. But like I've seen TikToks of people throwing their Balenciaga items in the garbage. Burning in a bonfire. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like brand, like the things that companies do internally, it's not like the brand is just like that outer shell. Things that happen inside in the company, they're going to get found out and it matters. It matters when people buy from you. It matters when people come and work for you. Like it all matters. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I 100% agree. Okay, so the last question for this section before we get to random questions, we always end off with some actionable steps. We love to give people actionable steps if they're feeling really inspired after listening that they can take right now. So if someone is listening and they really want to get their business on LinkedIn, what are the first steps to for them to take right now to start that process? I would say go remember your password. <laughs> most yeah, people figure out what your password is. Yeah, most people are like, I don't even know what my password is. Okay, go reset your password. Get on, mm-hmm. optimize your profile. The six that rewind this episode back to where we were talking about the six things to do. Do yep. those things. Mm-hmm. Then set yourself up to create content. So figure out how to even repurpose stuff from Instagram. Not reshare, but repurpose yeah. content yes. and get some consistent content going, whether it's three days a week, five days a week, every single day. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. whatever works for you. And then the third thing is to figure out who do you need to be connecting with in order to help you achieve the goals that you have with LinkedIn. Do you need to be connecting with startup founders? Do you need to be connecting with sales development reps? Do you need to be connecting with VPs of marketing or corporate communications? Like you have access to these people. When you think about like Instagram or other social media platforms, you're literally just like spray and pray with your content, right? Just please, yes. unless you're doing ads. You literally can go find these types of people just by a simple LinkedIn search and just go connect, 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 connect. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you're building your audience of your ideal buyers. I actually yeah, had, really, had a guy so who was a um, hypnotist. He was a hypnotherapist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's a friend of mine and he's a hypnotherapist and he like crushes it on Instagram. Crushes it. Yeah. He's like, help me with my LinkedIn. And so we we're having some conversation and I'm like, well, who's your ideal he's like I have 15,000 at the time he had 15,000 followers is way more now and I'm like how many sales are you cut you know he's like ah you know it's kind of hit or miss whatever I just feel like I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall we go and looked at his LinkedIn and he's like I only have 100 connections I was like well let's step back who's your ideal client he said high level CEOs and founders we looked at his audience of like 100 people and it was all CEOs and founders Mm. that's insane and I'm like what's cool is like let's say you build that to 500 or a thousand of only your ideal clients. Like you have a very captivated large pool. Yeah. Right. Of like, these are like the purest, most ideal people in your network that you can now go create content for foster Mm -hmm. relationships with and just see what happens versus on, you know, other social platforms, which I'm not hating on. It's just, that's the game is like, right. You're just hoping that something sticks with somebody. I just thought of something else that like, um, for the content creator side. So let's say someone doesn't have a business. They're trying to do like user-generated content, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking that if you found, let's say you, I don't know, like Clinique or Glossier or something. If you found their influencer marketing manager on their, like if you go to the people tab on their page, you found their influencer marketing manager. If you message them like a genuine, not like, 
I am this person and I do like, you know, be genuine about it. I feel like that with influencer marketing management, it is so much about relationships with the people. One of our sponsors, Outhouse, Molly, we love her. Mm-hmm. She is like mm-hmm. our, she is just a sleigh. And she's our bestie. She's our bestie. <laughs> and that really like maintaining that relationship is like more important to us than honestly anything with Mm, that mm -hmm. interaction Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so i feel like just messaging that could be like a good strategy for someone that's um trying to go that route rather than sending a dm through instagram that is a thousand percent not going to um be at like the top of the pool whereas like how many people are going dming on on linkedin i so badly like when I first started my agency like two years ago, I was trying to work with one of my friends who is a big time influencer on Instagram and like get her LinkedIn up and going because mm-hmm. I was like, do you realize like any yeah, brand untapped. you want to work with, we can just go directly to their influencer marketing yes. or director or VP yes. or CMO. Like, yeah. And all you do is connect. You don't even have to send them a message if you didn't want to and just stand by right. and let right. them absorb your content. I'm telling you, again, I can't guarantee anything, but I right. can only imagine the relationships that get built and the opportunities that come when you are that closely tied to yes. somebody in that influential position at a brand. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, like it was very short lived because then I started actually getting paid clients. And unfortunately, you know, free falls to the wayside, but I'm like, please like any influencer, like I would love to try like this method with them and test this out because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm telling you, you want to go get over at like the CMO of target. Guess what? We can find that person on LinkedIn. I don't know yeah. where they live on link on Instagram, you know, like, right. Yeah. Yeah, really. So that's so I'm fully convinced I'm going to be spending the whole rest of my day doing LinkedIn (laughs) for my business. Okay, so um, that truly was so much amazing knowledge. I feel like people are going to be rewinding and going back and listening to this multiple times. But let's get into the fun stuff. Let's get into today's random question. So it's almost Valentine's Day when you guys are Mm -hmm. listening to this, which is insane for us to say as we're recording this in the beginning of December. (laughs) But um, I, today's random question is, where is your dream Valentine's Day date? So, Lindsay, you can start us off. Let's do um, let's do realistic and unlimited <laughs> yeah. budget. Realistic would actually be um, in my hometown of Morgan Hill, California. Whoop, whoop. I don't live there mm-hmm. now, but my hometown. There mm-hmm. is a place called Super Taqueria, and it is the best Mexican food like to go. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I would get yeah. one of their Super Talk burritos. And I would like probably take it to a park or the beach or something and just sit out and have me my special super talk Ugh. deliciousness with mm-hmm. my man mm-hmm. and just have a good I conversation, you know? Yes, I love that. I love that. Okay, what's your unrealistic? Unrealistic would probably be like going to some taverna in Greece mm-hmm. on one of the islands, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That would be the unrealistic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, I get you. Okay, Alexis, what's your realistic and unrealistic Valentine's Day dream date? Okay, so my realistic is that every year for the past, I don't even know, like eight years, my fiancé and I go to Moe's Southwest Grill, like the chain, (laughs) every year um, (laughs) on Valentine's Day because um, I live in Vermont, so like the, the amount of like nice places to go out to eat are kind of limited so they're super packed because everyone has already Mm -hmm. made their reservation like 
now when we're recording mm-hmm. um yeah so it's not so even it's worth just trying. like not even worth trying and honestly even if we did go it would be so busy and i just we, mm-hmm. neither of us like that so every we every year we go to mo's there's no one there it's perfect mm-hmm. we like the line is like we get our food immediately it is perfect um my unrealistic because you said the mexican restaurant when i my dad was stationed in california a few mm-hmm. years ago and i went there to go visit him and I had this shrimp taco at Wahoo Fish Taco, <laughs> and it, I genuinely dream of it. Like, I, that is, wow. I took a picture of the outside because after we went one time, I made my dad go back, I think, like, two, like, one or two other times again before, like, my trip was done. And I took a picture of the outside of the restaurant, and sometimes I just look at it and, like, <laughs> cry a little bit not really but shout yeah, out that. to wahoos wahoo fish taco <laughs> if you live in california please go for me send me one through the mail but they're yeah like that a, would be they're mm. like a chain like maybe you could reach out to them on linkedin and get them to sponsor an ad on this podcast <laughs> yeah, really. oh my maybe God. they can somehow get us to uh get us a, a shrimp taco somehow to vermont yes. that would be amazing okay so your unrealistic is still seems like pretty realistic considering it's a chain in california i didn't even okay. know that it was a chain i thought it was just like one <laughs> random restaurant that i found that is so funny that it's a chain <laughs> That makes it way more funny. But I love that one. I business. feel like we have to like just look up their. I always Locations. do this. I either go up. I either look at their LinkedIn or their Instagram. Like, can I just? Yes. Wahoo's <laughs> fish tacos or tacos. Yeah, what? Yeah, Wahoo's fourteen point five thousand followers, <laughs> fueling you the forces it. since nineteen eighty eight. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. yep. Shout out unsponsored. Shout out. We need a sponsorship I absolutely love now. That. I love that. <laughs> now they owe us like they owe us money now. Um, okay. So my realistic Valentine's Day date, Jonah and I have actually talked about this. I already told him it's what I want to do. I would like to go to Waffle House because they like put like candles and tablecloths <laughs> on the table. Like they do like a thing. And I think that's, that's hilarious. So that's cute. I think it's funny. And like I I like nice meals, but I think same vibe as Alexis on Valentine's Day. It's just really too much yeah it's there's everyone's there yeah and like all the couples are there and like there's pressure i would rather just do something chill and fun Mm -hmm. um and then my unrealistic the opposite of chill um would be to be having a picnic under the eiffel tower in paris (laughs) but still the the same vibe of like i don't want to be at a crowded yeah i don't want to be at a crowded restaurant um i'm sure there would be plenty of couples underneath the eiffel tower in paris but Very actually true. in my dream scenario i would like it to be empty like, <laughs> yes be then go between i think the hours of like midnight and two or three they actually yep. don't have the eiffel tower on anymore the lights aren't oh my sparkling. gosh i know i'm like what <laughs> so then nobody wants to be there okay well amazing <laughs> thank you so much Lindsay, for coming for on this was such a valuable episode i can't wait to re-listen to it when it comes out i know and learn people all the are going to be having see- their notepads out Oh, yeah. And see where I'm at in my LinkedIn journey. I'm so inspired. Thank you so, so much. Why don't you go ahead and plug yourself, tell people where they can see more from you and learn more from you after listening to this episode. I love it. So, of course, go find me on LinkedIn. Connect with me. Tell me that you listen to this particular podcast because I am pretty choosy, as you should be, too, with who you connect with. Um, Mm -hmm. But please, if you've listened to the podcast, let me know. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Obviously, I'm on Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Um, and my website, lindsaymitrosiles.com. And I've got, depending on where you're at when you listen to this, we've got a new 
course coming out called kickstartyourprofile.com. It is a micro course. You can set up your, uh, your profile in 60 minutes or less. Um, and so I would highly encourage you to go check that out. I also have um, a freebie, which is a 15 minute podcast of some of the best clips that Gary V has ever shared about LinkedIn strategy all in one 15 minute little thing. And that is also on my website. You can find that under the resources tab on lindsaymajorcelis.com. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want more, follow us on Instagram at Check Your Aesthetic and TikTok at Check Your Aesthetic Podcast. If you want to support our show, text the link to this episode to a friend, share when you listen to CYA on your story, or leave a positive rating or review wherever you're listening to this episode. If you want to hear more from us, be sure to hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll talk to you next Monday. See ya.